You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. Hallelujah. Thank you. Um, it's good to see everyone in church. I was away last week for work, uh, but I heard you guys had a fantastic time. Very happy. Very happy. <laughs> it's good to know. Okay. Um, right. Where do we start? Um, do you know your neighbors? Person saying, do you know their name? Their real name? <laughs> Find out. Ask them. What's your name? Okay, just ask them something you don't know about them. Let's start from this. So, so if you don't get anything from coming to church, at least you know something new. So ask them something you don't know about them. Are you single? <laughs> What's your favorite color? Some people feel like, just ask me. Like, I dare you. Ask me any questions. <laughs> Hallelujah. But it's such a beautiful season to be Christian. People are even leaving their chairs. What's your number? <laughs> ah, God. Life. Um, it's such a beautiful season to be a Christian because this is when we do Good Friday and um, Easter is next Sunday. So please come. Easter is going to be fantastic here at LifePoint. So please come. It's, 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 it's Hallelujah. It's such a beautiful Sunday. So it's this next Sunday, so please come. It's a special service. Um, lots of music. Um, and just celebrating God's love to us. So please come. Um, please come. Um, wanted to say, we, we started experiencing God on Thursday, and that was just beautiful. Just beautiful. Just beautiful. So if you were not here, please come. We'll, you know, and we just trust God that it's going to get better and better and better okay i want to also celebrate we had this beautiful program for lawyers and law school students so let's celebrate the team from law school uh for the missions team and everyone who is from law school we really thank you for coming to such a beautiful time here on wednesday okay um what is the rest of the month like today i'm talking about good friday and the power of the cross okay next sunday is easter um the sunday after that is um, I think we talk about purpose or something. And the last Sunday, we're going to have a slightly, last Sunday of this month, slightly unusual meeting at LifePoint on a Sunday. Um, we're going to talk about, so I want us to do this once a quarter, where we talk about things that, you know, are big on people's heart. So keep it on your diaries, the very last Sunday of this month. In the Sunday service, we'll talk about sex. Only one, ooh. I've noted that person down. I know it is Wumi. <laughs> okay. Um, but in particular, I want us to talk about masturbation on a Sunday. I got a couple of thoughts. And this is the reason is that um, it's something that's big for us in our generation. It's something I hear a lot about. And it's something I think God wants to talk to us about. So I want us, we've got spare chairs. So I want us to literally use every chair in the house on that Sunday. It's not next Sunday or so don't come and say, Pia, you say what you're talking about. It's not next. It's last Sunday. In fact, I suspect we'll have a pre-breakfast or pre-service breakfast on that Sunday also. Okay. Sunday. So any, anyone that brings you up. And, and th- this, is not a, this is a service for me that is very important. It's not just a service to be sensational, but it's one where I believe God wants to speak to us through his word. So keep it in your diaries. Invite your friends. Don't, and invite them with skill. So don't say... Uh, they're talking about masturbation in my church last Sunday. Come. 
No, 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 that, that may be offensive, you know, but don't do that. So you say, say, say I don't know, God will lead you to say it. Uh, don't like, say, I, I've been looking at you, I think you have a problem with this thing. <laughs> you know, uh, just tell them, oh, let's go, if I, so there's food in the morning, and they say, it's a very promising service, okay? Whatever it is. And don't feel too spiritual to come, not to, and just say, don't feel too spiritual to come to church that morning. That's say, hey, you know, come that morning. Don't do that. Don't behave yourself, okay? <clears throat> right, tell somebody next to you, I'm looking forward to that service. <laughs> tell somebody, tell them, I know you're looking forward to it. <laughs> All right, yeah, yeah, but it's going to be good. And then we will move, I think, next month, we then talk about maximizing your life. We'll talk about purpose. Um, your gifts, your passions, and all that. It's going to be a great month, okay? But Experiencing God has started. If you haven't joined, please come this Thursday, um, and it promises to be fantastic. All right, so I'm going to try and do this quickly. And it's raining, Shabby, so there's no need to hurry like that. So and I'm just saying, I don't want you guys to get out of your car, or so I'll just take, but I'll see how I go, okay? Now, I find that in Christianity, we become comfortable with what my literature teacher taught me uh, in those days called euphemisms, right? Tolu? What? Tolu, you know what you're doing? <laughs> what are euphemisms? You don't know. That's an English word that I know, and Tolu, you know does not know. Okay? <laughs> I really feel good. But euphemisms are when you try and say something that's not nice in a, in a nice way. So you say it. He kicked, he, he, he kicked the bucket. I'm sure that's exactly what the example my teacher used. But that simply means the person died. All right? So in Christianity, when somebody is shaking, it's not well, what do we say? He's strong. But you and I know he's not strong. It's, it's about it's, he needs medication. He needs someone to heal him. Um, when someone is hurting, what do we say? It is well. How are you, sister? It's well. It's well. <laughs> Even the angels are looking at you and like, but it's not well. Why are you? You say it's well, it's well. You say unto the righteous, it's well, it's well. It's well, okay? Um, and, and, and so we shy away from anything that speaks about pain or suffering. So this morning, I want to talk about the cross. A couple of days, uh, I mean, this Friday is Good Friday, right? I, in fact, that's what I, I couldn't understand. Why do we call it Good Friday? Because that is the Friday, you know, where the sacrifice for all our sin and all our misdeeds where you know, was done. It's, so we're very comfortable with not talking about pain or anything that's offensive. Right? And I understand it. Um, but let nobody ever deceive you. Um, Jesus actually suffered a great deal on our behalf. Jesus suffered a great deal on our behalf. Going to the cross was not a casual stroll. He didn't, and I'm, I'm sure we all have the same Bible, but he didn't just get up, tell the disciples, Peter, John, let's, let's get on the road. They're going to kill me now. Let's head up. Oh, yeah. And just stroll confidently. So where's the cross? Small cross like this. Oh, yeah, nail me, nail me. I'm the son of God. You know, he, he didn't do that. You know, you read the accounts of Scripture. In fact, I remember that when the film, The Passion of the Christ came out, I refused to watch it. Because I don't like blood like that, okay? <laughs> I don't like blood anyhow. So I'm, I'm a bit squirmish, yeah. But, but he had been betrayed by a man who he had recruited. 
somebody who he had trusted, somebody who had access to his inner circle, he had been betrayed by that person. He was spat on by men. And, you know, just imagine this, you know, uh, Jesus, the, the king is saying, should we release him? And the whole crowd is shouting, no, crucify him. And Jesus can see people who he had fed. You know, his mind is like, is that not Tulu? Tulu was in that gathering where we were sharing bread for 5,000 people. with feet. I saw him. He took twice himself. And, you know, and you can imagine how that process. It's like, ah, but that is me. He came the other day and said she had fever. We healed her. And she's shouting, crucifying. And, and then the Bible says as he goes along, people speak on him. People he had taught. People he had defended. He was insulted. He was ridiculed. He was torn. Even the centurion who Jesus had said, great faith, I have not found. Greater faith, I have not found. That he couldn't come to his rescue. Where is that guy? Where is all the people he's helped? He was forsaken by his closest associates. At one time, he says, look, God, even you seem to have forsaken me. There's a long statement he makes there. I know it starts with Eloi, Eloi, but I can't say it. And it's very impressive. Most spiritual people know it, Abi. Okay. He was beaten. One translation says, struck on the head. They put a crown of thorn on his head. And the Bible says they put him beside or in between two robbers. And eventually, he was crucified on the cross. They put nails through his hands. All this was not because he liked pain. I know there are some of you who like pain. Not a problem. It's a problem. But <laughs> you like pain, you like horror movie. Uh, no problem. We're organizing your deliverance service at some point. But, but naturally, most people don't. Very few people like pain. But Jesus went through all that on our behalf. So when we speak about the cross, we don't just speak about the wooden construct. No. We speak about the sacrifice, Jesus' suffering. Will you please look into your neighbor's eyes, regardless of how they are feeling or behaving? Just tell them, Jesus actually suffered for you. <laughs> All this was on our behalf. I'd like us to read out of 1 Corinthians chapter 1 this morning as we examine the cross and this whole concept of pain and suffering. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18 to 25, I read to your hearing, says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God, the message of the cross, the message of the cross, okay? He says, For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God. It pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. For Jews request a sign and Greeks seek after wisdom. Verse 23. But we preach Christ crucified to the Jews a stumbling block and to the Greeks foolishness. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. So he says that Christ is both the power of God and the wisdom of God. It speaks about the message of the cross. 
And it says this message is about Christ being crucified. When you read out of 1 Corinthians chapter 1, you know, the first, one, two, and 3, Apostle Paul continually reiterates to the church, look, I didn't want to come and preach anything else to you guys, but Christ and him crucified. It's a big message, a big deal. And so I don't want us to gloss over it in this season. Okay? Um, and for a number of us, what tends to happen is over this season, we, 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 we just go with the flow. So on Good Friday, you probably put a cross up or something on your DP, which is nice. But I, I just hope that, you know, it's more than just that, that you, you contemplate a lot more because Jesus actually died specifically for you. Okay, so, so was the cross in itself an end to all suffering and pain? Are, are Christians still meant to have some suffering and pain? There's this question I get asked, or I see every now and then, where people ask whether God uses pain and suffering in the life of a Christian. And did the cross alter how we process pain and suffering as Christians? Okay, so... So, you know, as I prepared for this, I came up with this little thing, which I call the four quadrants of pain and suffering. And the thing is, if you forgive me, I have a small consulting background, okay? And so what tends to happen is that I process what God is teaching me in terms of concepts and frameworks. And then we bought this nice board. And after that, I've taken, I can't, every opportunity I have to write on the board, I, I take, Okay. So I'm going to try and draw four quadrants, all right? Just four here. Okay, good. So this is quadrant one. Quadrant two. You think your handwriting is better? <laughs> quadrant three, three and quadrant four. And so went through scriptures preparing for this, and I kind of want to categorize pain and suffering. Okay. And don't forget, we're talking about the cross. So the first one is pain and suffering that I call a self-inflicted, is self-designed and self-instigated. More often than not, um, is a result of your own or our own personal foolishness. Okay? So this is, and most of us have experienced this before. This is when you've done something or some, you feel pain because of something that You've done wrong. In fact, Fumbi, I'm sorry I have to use your example, but thank you for such a... Let's celebrate Fumbi before I use her example. Okay. <laughs> yes, no, let's use that example. Yes, and so when Fumbi said she um, did something and then they beat her for doing something, that is quadrant one, pain and suffering. Self-inflicted. This is when you break the rules. So this self-inflicted pain and suffering is, for example, somebody here says, oh, I have it, I have it, and goes to a naked fire. Just put your hand in it. You will feel pain, you will suffer. You will. Um, and the reason is because you have been foolish. Now, pain is a signal of lack of order when things are not working the way they're supposed to work. Okay. I'll give you examples. Um, just get them out of the way. You know how you felt after MMM didn't work? <laughs> yeah. That's quadrant one, pain and suffering. 
Okay. Now you can be smiling. I know you. I know you were there. Um, in the corner here, I put Arsenal fans. <laughs> right. That's quadrant. That's strict quadrant one penance. I will win this quarter season. We will win. We will win. <laughs> right there. Eighty uh, percent of heartbreaks are also there. <laughs> okay, because they were warning you. His boy is not. Eyes are not straight. Dude. See, eyes are red in the morning. Why is eyes red? I love him. It's just coloration. Don't worry. <laughs> it's right there. It's quarter, quarter one. Okay. Um, salary is two hundred thousand naira. They paid you last month. You took 190,000, you bought bag. <laughs> nice bag. And when you brought that bag to church, everybody said, oh my God, it's the latest chance. He said they've not even released it yet. The person, oh, they love the bag. By the fifth of the month, you are here. <laughs> authentic quadrant one pain and suffering. <laughs> okay? Uh, or you just say you declared for the boys at Quillox. Ah, take, take, take. <laughs> it's all there. All there. And, and I know we like to say, oh, no. But you know, and I hope you know when you are in quadrant one pain and suffering. Because that one is not the devil. It has nothing to do with the devil. This is purely you. Okay? Um, you know, and the Bible says in Ecclesiastes 10, 11, it says... Um, that the labor of the fool wearies them. It says, for they do not know how to go into the city. If you read, I think it's like Ecclesiastes 10.10, 10, it says, if the axe is dull and the edge is unsharpened, it says you must exert a lot of energy. Ecclesiastes 10 and 10, 10, 15. But skill will bring success. So what means is that in, where, where you lack wisdom in life concerning a matter, you would typically end up in a bit of pain and suffering. Right? And it's useful to distinguish to understand it. If I can first Peter 4, uh, the writer says, look, he says that if, in verse 15, it says, but let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer, or as a busybody in other people's matters. When I read that last part, I was like, Kai, it's not today they started this busybody matter. But he speaks about suffering that comes because you've done something which is wrong. In fact, there's a scripture that says, it is sometimes if it's God's will, I think it's also 1 Peter uh, 3.17, if it's God's will, it's fine if you are suffering for something which is for doing good. It says, but not for doing evil. Now, what does this quadrant respond to? Typically, it's two things. I wish I had, Can uh, if you can find me the other color, I'd be grateful, of my marker. The mercy of God. One. The mercy of God. If it's Hebrews chapter 4, I believe, where scripture says that we, it says, let us now come boldly before the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the times of need. So there are some times in your life, and there have been times in my life where I'm just saying, Father, I've been, I've been foolish. I know it. I agree. I, I, I ask for your mercy. This translation says to obtain mercy one translation says to receive mercy. And so all this pain here and suffering will respond to the mercy of God and then to wisdom. To wisdom. In fact, I was saying in my notes how that there's certain pain and suffering that people go through and they will not 
it almost seems like cycles that they go through this. But the key out is when God answers your prayer is by giving you wisdom. By giving you wisdom. By understanding the principles that will bring order in a circumstance. Help me tell your wonderful neighbor today. Tell them, neighbor, <laughs> I don't want you to suffer. <laughs> No, you have to act. Come on, act the part. Feel, do like your compatible neighbor. I don't want you to suffer at all. <laughs> then you get some wisdom in your head. <laughs> you know, it's only in church you can talk to a stranger like this. <laughs> For some people, just they've looked at their neighbor like there's nothing Pierre is going to tell me today. I'm not saying a word. Because neighbor just looks like there. But but it's important to understand this, and you'll see why this is important. And I'll bring it back to the cross very quickly. It's important to understand where pain and suffering is coming from. So that's quadrant one. Quadrant two is very exciting. Because that's pain and suffering that is necessary for the building of endurance and discipline. Pain and suffering that is necessary for the building of discipline and endurance. And if you were here over the last couple of weeks when we talked about the lifestyle of a warrior, you probably remember this. We talked about the concept of endurance. Okay? And, and this will help you as you read through scriptures in the comics, when you then see references to partaking in the suffering of Christ, for example. Okay? Um, it is in Luke chapter 9 and verse 21, I think verse 23, where Jesus says, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. This is one of those scriptures that as Christian in 2017, you don't really like reading. You don't understand this whole concept of taking cross. What, what does that mean? We're even just trying to put things together. What is cross inside again? Okay? It says, but let him who desires to follow me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily. This is the discipline that we talk about. It's the pain that comes from you having to schedule pleasure or forsake things, just because you want to ensure that a desired outcome will happen. Um, I said to them when we talked about the lifestyle of a warrior that you must always be able to identify how you are being discipled by God. Otherwise, it might be that you are just floating along. So what training are you currently undergoing for your destiny's sake? And training typically causes us to go through unpleasantness. I mean, you know how it is when you're studying for a proper exam, a real exam, a real hard exam, and everybody else is going for parties. You know how it is when you have to sacrifice sleep. The Bible says, Daniel said, I will not partake of the king's table and defile my... You think he was not smelling all the well-marinated chicken that was coming from the... You think he just didn't like food. Not at all. Um, what examples do I have? So, as you know, uh, like you know, when a woman goes through labor pain, right? That's smack here, labor pains. And all you guys know nothing about labor pains. Nothing. You should be grateful. <laughs> but labor pains are really tough, from what I hear. I've been there once. 
not I did not went there. I've been in the room when a child has been born. I was there for the first one. Did the second one didn't allow me. <laughs> I wanted to go, but they didn't allow. But when do, not, it's not that's not where I, I say this without you see when you see the pain that happens there, right? All you guys, you need to, all of us, need to respect our mothers. You, if you don't, it's not you. Know, wig is our, there's no wig self because you don't advise you. They even advise you not to go with your wig. There's no makeup. There's nothing. So Paul says in 1 Corinthians 9, verse 27, it says, But I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. And so quadrant two is the discipline, the pain that comes because, and suffering that comes because you, are, you have something in mind for the future, and so you're sacrificing in the now. And you must have something in, the, in your spiritual walk, in your financial life, in your career, you must be going through some necessary pain and suffering now. Otherwise, there's a risk. The Bible says in Psalm 126, it says, those that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing. I love the next line. It says, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. So help me ask the person next to you, what necessary pain are you going through now? <laughs> okay. And I know God is a long-term planner. The Bible says in Revelations that this is the Lamb of God who was sacrificed or slain from the foundations of the earth. So he took a long-term view to Christianity or to humanity. On this subject, I just read Hebrews 12, 12 and verse 3 to 4. I know there's a lot of scriptures, so write, 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 no problem. But just follow me, please. Hebrews chapter 12, 3 to 4. It says, For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. Verse 4, you have not yet resisted to bloodshed, striving against sin. And you have forgotten the exhortation that speaks to you as of sons. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us, and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the Father of spirits and lives? For they indeed, had, for a few days, chastened us as seemed best to them, but he for our profit, that we may be partakers of his holiness. Now, no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, after it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those Afterwards, it will yield or yield a peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. And I, and I say this. So this is important to, to this, you know, self-inflicted. There is necessary pain. When Ogo and I practice for our marathons, we, 
She runs it. I schedule it. I, I'm, so we, we practice together. When we practice for our marathons, it's not fun. Abi? Talk to me. Are you not corporate? It's not fun. You know, we get up early. She gets up. Well, we both wake up because she then wakes me up, you know, and all that stuff. We get up early. I get up to move the car because she wants to go out and I go back to sleep. But we get up early and, you know, it's not fun. When you hear that somebody has a PhD, you think, you just have a PhD. Oh, nice. It's fun. No. A number of people I met who had doctorates had also had to deal with depression and loneliness. When you hear that, oh, this guy is a fallabist, great singer. You think he just wakes up in the morning and just opens his voice and melody comes out. Or you think this gentleman who plays the keyboard so skillfully just got on the keyboard and this thing just started responding. <laughs> There's some amount of pain and sacrifice that comes, and this is very important, very important. Q3, I'm just going somewhere, just follow, there's some method to my... Q3 is pain that comes from people and circumstances. I know the spelling, I'm not outside our control. Okay. So Paul talks about a guy called Alexander, the metal maker. We're speaking to Timothy in 2 Timothy. He says, Alexander, the metal maker, did me great harm. So this is pain that comes from what other people have done to us, or will do to us. Some form of this pain and suffering will come from things which were done even before we were born, or had a choice or a voice. Um, now, Q1 responds to mercy, the wisdom of God. Q2 is necessary, so you need to stay here, but the amount of pain and suffering that you will endure in Q2 is really dependent on how much vision and a sense of purpose you have. The Bible says about Jesus that for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. Um, so Q3 is about things that are under, you know, beyond our circumstances. I, I love that scripture where in John 9, Jesus is passing and he sees a man who's been blind from birth. Bible says in verse 2, his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned? This man or his parents that he was born blind? And Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. So, for people whose parents broke up their marriages, or the father took off, or mental abuse, somebody was just insulting you, or sexual abuse, for some of you, there's pain and suffering because they said you must read medicine. Because your grandfather was a doctor. And your father did not do medicine. So they said you must do medicine. And you, you couldn't really talk, you were not paying school fees. You know, so you went and you did medicine. Some of us read courses that you, even when you were registering, you knew that this wasn't worth I mean, like I remember looking at the gentleman who is a medical doctor by certificate only. <laughs> okay? And he has long moved into other things. 
So how do we, what, how do we deal with Q3? I'll tell you what happened. So yesterday, I think I was playing tennis, and when I play tennis, I think, you know, and I was, it just occurred to me how there were little offenses, people who had offended me over the last couple of weeks that I had not really processed. You know, and there and then I started saying, oh, Father, look, I, I forgive this person. There was a gentleman who had, you know, shouted at me and my tennis partner one day because he thought we were taking his court for some reason. We're not taking his court. We're just playing before his time. But he just came, started speaking English. My partner was speaking English. But I realized that I found it very embarrassing and I, I never processed it like that. There were some people in church who had I'm just kidding. There was nobody in church that came to mind. Apart from Ogo, my wife. <laughs> no, no, but, that, but, but there were little things. And I just, it occurred to me that how sometimes we, we just go through life and we never really, and we just bank pain and suffering from interactions with other people and circumstances. And we never really deal with them. And, and for me, this quadrant responds to a lot of forgiveness. It responds to you refusing to hold people in your heart. It responds to you refusing to allow bitterness to find root in your heart. This section, this quadrant responds to you understanding the sovereignty of God. Ephesians chapter 1, I think it's from verse 1 or 2. It says God is the one who works out all things in conformity with the purpose of his will. So Jesus on the cross, Luke 23, 34, would say a prayer and say, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. So this responds to faith. It responds to you saying, all things will work together for my good. Because I love God and I'm called according to his purpose. You can say that about things here. When it is Q1, that's, that's the challenge I sometimes have, and this is where this is really important for me as we talk about the cross, is that sometimes people are putting their money in MMM and saying, all things work together for the good of those that love God. It don't work like that. It will resurrect. It will resurrect. I plead the blood. You're not pleading the blood, nothing, man. It's gone. Because you cannot be walking in foolishness and asking God, deliberately walking in foolishness, and asking God to bail you out continually. Okay? Q4. It's just going to put all this together. This is, you know, where we talk about spiritual attacks. We talk about the devil and his cohorts. Just demonic attacks. And it's not... <laughs> This is not to be confused with the with you being paranoid where you've overbinged on superstition and old wives' tales and you now have the gift or the non-gift of the spirit that's called suspicion. That's not, that's not that. But the Holy Spirit enables us to understand what is an attack of the devil and what is not. And that quadrant, quadrant four, responds to us exercising our power and authority in Christ Jesus. Luke 13 and verse 16, Jesus says, So ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, who Satan has bound, think of it for 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath. 
This was the woman they were saying, why would you heal? And he says, this is the work of the devil. Acts 10, 38, the Bible says how God anointed Jesus Christ with the Holy Ghost and with power. He went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. And, you know, you come to certain things in your life and you realize, my goodness, all this pain and suffering, this is from the devil. And I'm going to deal with it. And you take your stand in Christ Jesus. You find that I'm born again, I'm saved, and there are things which they say run in my family. But the Bible says if any man is in Christ, is a new creature, all things are passed away and all things are become new. But the Bible says the devil is a thief, is a liar. And so he seeks to deceive you and visit the same things with you. And you take your stand and say, I'm not partaking of any such pain and suffering. Now, how, you know, so this is my fancy four quadrants. And I, I, I find that as we contemplate Jesus' sacrifice for us and all the suffering he went through for us, that we must not do it in a religious sense only. We must be able to say, so how does this apply to me as a person in 2017? So you need to, when you're going through something that's tough, pain, you need to be able to identify where does it fall into. And if you're probably wiser than me, you probably have another category somewhere, that's fine. But is this something that is a lack of wisdom? Something where I have done wrong. I am broke on the fifth. I am broke on the fifth. I cannot be exercising authority. I'm binding devils. When you're binding the devils, the devils are looking at your Chanel bag and like, that's the real devil. Go and sell the bag and have money. And I, for someone, that's like a word of knowledge. But yeah, go and sell the bag. <laughs> All right. And so, receiving mercy from God, asking for wisdom from God. And you know what I love is the fact that Jesus has become both wisdom and power to us. Here is the power of God. With people and circumstances, the challenge is that you cannot always control what people will do. You can restrict them, but you can't, if someone wants to speak hurtful words to you, you can shut them down, you can block them, but you can't necessarily, but you can control your space. And there is necessary pain and suffering that you must be going through. And I say this very carefully, because I know that we're a generation of people who uh, most of us came, became Christians over the last couple of years where a lot of motivational teaching was popular. But the whole concept of being a disciple means that you must, be, you must have things in your life that put you under pressure because of where you are going to. Let's wrap this. And, for, and I'll give you a good example. When the guys are talking about, ah, this weekend... The word is lit, but I hope I use it correctly, right? The weekend was lit. I use it, right? No? Look, I'm just trying to rile me. I used it right, even though I use it right. But the weekend was lit. Ah! Did you see Joko? Joko danced, danced till midnight. You know, you're, you're, you're saying, oh, what, how was your weekend? We're in church. Ah, mm. Look at you. You know, you feel funny, but no problem. Then the guy next to you, and I'm going to just try and bring it home to you. The guy next to you says, my God. Yes. How was that? He said, it's our girl. It's our girl. Ah. You know, it was, went well, went well. He said, yeah, you know what it means. Okay? And you, they've been telling you about no premarital sex. And you have the same hormones that this guy has. 
that's suffering, man. Because in your mind, you're like, everything's it's like, God, why? But it's necessary pain and suffering. Let me smile at someone tell you it's necessary pain and suffering. <laughs> yeah. That's a word for someone. <laughs> so the cross, the cross has put all this together. So if the, if the law, after man, man fell, the law was like a business continuity plan. For those of you, it simply means the plan that you put in place to make sure things can continue to operate, even if there's a minimal level. The cross in itself was a disaster recovery plan. The cross was a reset of the destiny of mankind. It changes the whole story. The message of the cross, Jesus crucified, gives us access to God's wisdom so we avoid quadrant one type pain and God's power. So when we deal with quadrant four, we don't deal with it as those without power. The cross was the point of exchange. The Bible says, he that knew no sin became sin for us, that we through that might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The Bible says the chastisement for our peace was laid upon him. The Bible says we know the grace of God towards us, that though he was rich, he became poor, that we through that poverty might become rich. I think 2 Corinthians 9, 8 or 8, 9. The cross was a place of exchange. So as we celebrate, it is what celebrated. I, I charge us as a church. What vision do you have? Because you must never go through a season of pain and suffering and let it cut your capacity to envision. In Hebrews 12, too, I said it earlier. It says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has now sat down at the right hand of the Father. When Jesus went through the throne, guess one of the things he saw? He saw this meeting. He saw you in 2017, dressed all pretty, saved by the blood, filled with the Holy Spirit, tongue-talking, walking in victory, and he said, I'm going to go through this. So, when we talk about spiritual warfare, what I left with, one of the things I left with, was my goodness. One of the ways the devil has held us down <laughs> is that people are no longer having visions and dreams. You can't think far. So somebody needs to go and dust up vision boards. Someone is, some, some of you, if we ask, and, and it doesn't need to be articulate or exact. It just needs to be inspired by the Holy Spirit. Your 2020, where will you be if Christ tarries? Your 20, when you are 40, where will you be? When you are 70, you know even the hope of heaven, that vision of heaven, that the Christian faith was never meant to be experienced without the hope of heaven burning brightly on our hearts. It was never meant to be dislocated from it. So you need to put on your vision board one of the big things, I will make heaven. Help me tell the person sitting next to you, tell you must make heaven, Joe, please. <laughs> okay. All this church, church, church coming Sunday, 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 Sunday. So vision is important, and, and, and this, this for me is one of the big words in my heart as we go through Easter. Vision. 
So I want you to write dreams about yourself. And when you're reading them, let God take an eraser and wipe them and say, this is too small. Let's write them again. Integrity is important. Staying true to God. Staying true to your call. Staying true to your faith. I normally say to people, do not let any type of pain and suffering drive you away from God. The Bible says when Adam and Eve had sinned, and when, the, when God showed up in the evening, that they went and they hid themselves away from the one who is the God of order and who could reset things. Rather, let them push you to God. And in Job chapter 2 and verse 9, that famous word, the Bible says that Job's wife looked at him and said, do you still hold fast to your integrity? Cause God and die. But Easter, Good Friday, is a fantastic opportunity for us to remain people of integrity and say, look, I'm going to hold on to God while I figure all this out. Last thing I want to just say, and I don't know how many times in my message I say the last thing, but I say the last thing again, is, you know, how God will raise people either through inspired intention or just He'll just conspire things to happen. Who would help us carry our cross? I, I like how they talk about a man called Simon, I think, who was just coming back into the country. As Jesus is going to the cross. And this Roman says, hey, come here. <laughs> carry the cross. He's like, how? Why? What? Carry the cross. And he helps Jesus carry his cross. And we must respect people who God will bring into our life to help us carry our crosses for different seasons. We must always remember that they have their own cross to carry, though. So you let them in, thank them. And when the party is over, let them go. So, our charge is as we celebrate, let's celebrate as a people who are not afraid. And I think that's it. You know, it's the song we used to sing um, when Spit Younger is Because He Leaves, I Can Face Tomorrow. And because I know, I'm trying to remember, because you no, he holds. My, sorry, I was confused here. Because I know, oh, he holds my future. Oh, all. Are you know this song? You're not as young as you look. Okay, okay. My life is what I live in. So the cross. So every time you see the cross, you should be smiling. I know when I used to. When I used to, my days of quadrant one foolishness where my arsenal jersey out people would see me on people would see me on the road i don't know these people strangers gunners <laughs> and you in your mind we gunners anyway but god has wisdom message but anytime you see the cross anytime you see the cross ah joy should spring up in your heart it should be as though you saw 